Ah, and was, how it was, you're right. I know, yeah. I, I took it a little bit further. Hello, and welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion, where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 27. So if you've not watched that session yet, please go do that now, because there will be spoilers. I am your DM, Eric, and joining me is Chris. Hello. Hello. And Baby Raymond. <laughs> he tends to go in and out for Frostside Chat. Um... So, I wanted to have an encounter between one location and the next. He wants to make it to Sunblight this session, essentially, right? Right, because I knew we were going to have the week off next week, so I didn't, I would, ideally, the furthest I want to get is, like, the entrance to that place, and that way it's a, a nice little cutoff point. Yeah. And then, kind of, honestly, as late as the crafting stream yesterday, I kind of formulated this whole plan of like, what if I use, so chapter two is similar to chapter one, where it's just a whole bunch of, I think I mentioned this before, but it's a whole lot of just um, open world locations in Icewind Dale to go and do. Torkaloke being one of them. And this cave was one of them. Um, hmm. I, I changed some stuff around. Um, but I used it basically as like an encounter along the way to another destination. Mm -hmm. And I combined that with another wilderness encounter, which is the, the werebear, which I think is a neat, fun uh, character to use. And I try to play on the fact that uh, I'm kind of leaning towards using this axe as like Frey's kind of personal arc in this campaign. Oh that's, yeah, like and, leveling and whole, it up. And, yeah, yeah, and even getting her more involved in like the Goliath lore and all that. So yeah, that was a lot of my motivation for doing this. On the flip side, I was like, if I do this, then I want to get done with this cave this session. So you ha yeah, you can't leave this hanging. Right, I didn't want to leave this hanging. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to run this as basically a one shot. So I was like, all right, we're going to yeah, quickly montage, like, getting them to the werebear. You know, we can have a fun social encounter with the werebear, and then let's do this cave. And then, um, you know, hopefully the cave doesn't take too long. <laughs> Which, and, I mean, well, you know, keep you going. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, w was the plan for the cave to be nothing but a, a fight? Or was that just because of the way we handled it? Because it seemed like we just walked in and we just triggered everything at once. I don't know if we kind did. of both. I mean, yeah, yeah. You guys weren't necessarily like scouting out the area and stealthing along and doing all that. You guys were just kind of strolling right in, even though you were told this is a cave full of bad guys. Um, so I responded to that, and I literally had I had rolled previously before the session the stealth check for the wormlings, and ah, okay. you could actually, if you go back and watch the stream, you can see that I whispered it. Um, I rolled a sixteen, which the highest one of your passive perceptions is a sixteen, which means I had tied. Uh, Edmund and the roller gets the tie, so they essentially were able to stealth up on you guys. If you guys had basically made it in here without trying to like stealth yourselves or anything, right? And I wanted to try to do that fun timing where it's like you realize like, oh shit, these are white dragon shells, and then like they attack, kind of a thing. It'd be a yeah. fun moment. And it just so happened where Frey at the same time was like walking down towards the cave, and basically because I figured like there might be a chance they could fight this fight without triggering the other. Um, Goliaths further in, but more than likely right. they'll make enough sound to trigger them, but I can stagger their um, joining the fight, essentially. Mm -hmm. As a way to uh, not make it too difficult. 
the, real quick, was this map the part of the campaign already, or did you find this map somewhere? Nope, this map is part okay. of the campaign. Okay. Yeah, like I said, chapter two has um, a bunch of locations, and they all have maps. Weirdly, this map originally is a 10-foot square grid, so it has subdivisions. Weird. And I looked at it for a while, and I was like, I'm just going to turn that off and turn it into a 5-foot square grid, and the cave map works perfectly fucking fine. And if you notice... Oh, I see. So it was just a much bigger cave at some point. It was supposed to be a much bigger... It was supposed to be twice as big, because it's Ah. subdivided the grids, yeah. Okay. But, like, it doesn't need to be... And it doesn't even make sense because these bedrolls currently are five feet long. If you subdivide it, they become ten foot long bedrolls, which I guess they are Goliaths, but still. It seems very... And you've got these giant haunches of meat. Oh, I see. Um, I'll move you up here. That's just like... Would be really goofy if they're just five foot long meat. So, I don't know. It just... That's true. You're right. It's almost like... Yeah, it's almost like that's a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It should have been a five foot map. Yeah, so that seemed weird to me, and I just, I'm just i so sick of those 10-foot maps. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to turn that off, make it a 5-foot map, and it'll be just way easier for everybody to deal with. So. I mean, the, the, the Sprazier will be just, yeah, the, yeah, you're right. The whole thing doesn't really make sense. Yeah. The ten, yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so I changed that, and then, I so yeah, it ended up being just basically one big fight, which is fine. I think yeah. those can be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, was, it, was, it was like a very like like session long, pretty epic fight with like stages. Yeah, where it started off real rough because those those the wormlings get the surprise round. The wormlings, obviously, are they can kind of those glass cannons. Yes, they, they don't have a lot of life, very but much that are. Frost breath is. They only have thirty some hit points. They have decent AC of sixteen, but only thirty some hit points. But that frost breath does some breath does some damage. I mean, you killed one in that opening turn. Ford even had a turn, I believe. Mm. And then the second one only got one more turn after that, but it was able to recharge its frost breath, which was huge. So it was able to do that yeah. move again. And every time I did, I think I got another three people with that thing. So yeah, I was dealing some serious damage. And then you guys took them out pretty quickly. So yeah, so they're really fun for a DM to use. And I actually tried to do some strategy. There. I was like, all right, you know, what I would have done previously is just have, okay, it's going to bite, you know, thimbleweed or just shoot its breath right there. I was like, no, this thing can fucking fly. It's going to fly over his head, turn around and try to get more people with his frost breath. Right. Which was pretty effective. It, na- it nailed in another three of us with the frost breath again. Yeah. And then the Goliaths are just Goliath warriors, but I gave them essentially because I want to say like, okay, they're powered by the frost maiden in some way. Yeah. Um, as written, so originally there are Shardlin berserkers that are in here instead of Goliath warriors. So I reflavored the enemies and stuff to make a little bit more sense. Um. And the. Goliath and and but the the thing still exists where as long as that flame is lit you can't kill these enemies. Oh, okay. So I was getting worried because you guys kept attacking the shell and then kept attacking that one Goliath, which is why I was like really trying to point out this fucking flame doing it because literally if you guys had killed that Goliath again, it, the same thing would have happened. Just the shell would have formed around him and it would have regenerated. I, yeah, I don't think we were, yeah, I don't think we were picking up. I, I, I mean, honestly, until you said at one point, which is like the DM being like, yeah, you, know, you said like, hey, the Southwest room guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like, um, you know, I'm playing Marvel Spider-Man right now. And whenever like he's on a mission, he's like, okay, I think this looks like the Brooklyn Bridge. I need to go over here. You know, he like has that inner monologue that like is mm-hmm. designed to hint the player about where like, oh, I don't think this is the right location, you know? Yeah. And that was like me doing that and like, okay, this is the thing you need to be paying attention to. But in, I, I guess it's just, uh, descriptions are tricky because yeah. a player's mind will really like, like, 
filter out a lot of a description and only hang on to certain keywords. Yeah. So I thought that the, the, the light you were describing in the Southwest was like the bed chamber room and, and that the bed rolls were down there and there was a, a campfire or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I did not at all put together the blue flame coming out as the same light from the Southwest room. I just thought that the Southwest room was like where the, where mm-hmm. the glass were coming from. It was tricky because since you guys triggered the fight, you never saw that room until the fight was already yeah. happening. So I was like, this is going to be right. tricky because you have no idea there's a magical cold fire blue flame down there. So I was trying to be more like, okay, you see that light. So the first thing I teased was the Goliath who you who destroyed the Shardalin, um ran back into that cave and ran out and had the fire in his hand. So somehow he was able to manipulate it and okay. press that on the Shardalin yeah. thing. And the other thing was the, the flame coming out from that room and actually encircling... I mean, so I was trying to be more obvious, but at some point I realized, like, I need to, like, really spell this out. Like, look, there is something going on in that game. I think think what you needed to spell out that none of us were picking up on was just the location. I I think we were getting, there was blue flame, but I think we all thought the blue flame was coming from the Goliaths themselves. Like, they were, like, summoning it or something. And, uh, yeah, that, okay. That makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, it was tricky, though, since you guys hadn't fully explored this dungeon and seen that room when this fight happened. But yeah, literally, I was I was getting worried when you guys were doing... Because essentially what I did is I just gave him all his hit points again. And you guys just started over-attacking him. I was like, holy shit, this is going to take forever. And you guys are going to take some serious damage. This is, this is, this is like, I don't, not, not recently, but like 10 years ago, this was like, this is how boss fights would work mm-hmm. where so, some boss fights in video games where you like, you, you beat them and then like, you know, they go into the cocoon or whatever and they come out and you think, it's like, a little bit of that frustrating like, boss maybe, fight. Yeah. Maybe this is just his second life bar. So you were supposed to target should... the blinking thing up in the corner. But we never saw but you it. Never so saw we're it. Like, yeah. Okay, I guess it's just a second life bar. I didn't realize I could, I didn't realize I could target that. You kill him again and then he just does it again. You're like, wait, hold on. Am I missing something? Yeah. What's going on? I think that would have happened after the second time he does that. Yeah. I have no idea what would have happened because Frey had a good point that I didn't think about. Like, what if you actually like, dismember the body? The problem yeah, is, what was your plan for that? That the the, the north, north. Part of the problem is I kind of screwed up the description because what's supposed to happen is they can't actually drop below one hit point, so it's almost like they have undead fortitude on, so literally they just can't oh. die. So that might might would have been a bit better. I was thinking like, okay, it'd be cool if they like fell down. And I gave you guys another, but I made it swing in your favor by having that take a whole turn for them to regenerate. If you notice that ice shell formed around them, and that was their whole turn, and then next turn yeah. they cracked open it. Okay. Whereas, as written, they literally just cannot fall below one hit point, and you wouldn't realize oh. why that's happening. You know, I feel like if you had done that and described, like, blue light shoots from yeah. around the corner, and then they don't drop. They just yeah. stay up. Like, like forms like a force field or something. more obvious. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Thing, I think we were assuming that it was coming from them. Yeah. Like, they, like it was like, a, like an innate thing that they were gifted with, that they could just, you know, form a chrysalis or yeah. whatever. I think so, too. Okay. And, and that would have solved the problem of, like, you know, what does happen if they're decapitated? Like, would he have just been a, bo- a headless body still right. attacking? Which maybe that would lead to the fact that there's really something supernatural going on here. Yeah. So I don't know. I hadn't yeah. thought of that yet, but you guys solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I what should have. Was, what were the other possible solutions to that besides dispel magic? You basically had to do some kind of magic on it oh. that would have... It, it literally says dispel magic or what else does it say? Which I looked it up and I knew you had. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Okay. Use it, yeah. Um, the other option it says is using a stone shaped spell to alter the brazier's shape puts out the fire. 
So I guess you could use other kinds of spells that would be clever. Which I would, I would, you know, Edmund usually or Raymond comes up with these things yeah. that like, you know, are there clever things you can do? But they had to be magical based. Which I was thinking, okay, Celeste is doing a magical thing, but it's just water, and it already established the fact that this is not real flame. It's like cold coming out of it. Right, right. So yeah. maybe if she had magical fire, that might have actually weirdly worked. So well, I would have. I basically would have played with it. Fire it was more the brazier that we had to destroy with magic somehow, or because. Stone shape I would have like, allowed either one at that point. Okay. Like, it's just some, something you do that involves a magical thing. Right. And I was really on the fence about um, Celeste things. I thought, you know, she had a good point of using her magic broom on it, but then I was like, or mop, but I was like, it's it's a cold thing, though, so I wanted to emphasize right. that. Right, yeah. But I'm glad you picked up on, like, fuck it, I'm just going to dispel magic. Like, that absolutely works. <laughs> well, before, before you even did that, I was, it had occurred to me slightly earlier, probably not early enough, with the regenerated guy that I was going to use a spell magic on the cocoon of the North Northeast guy. Mm. So I was like, okay, well maybe this is magic. That's keeping them alive. That's what we need to destroy. Yeah. So that's what I was going to try that. I wonder but... how I would have ruled that. Yeah. I probably would have at least revealed, um, maybe it would have worked and like it, it would have caused the, the flame to have to do that again but it would have worked oh, that turn, right. but I would have definitely yeah. emphasized like you feel the source of the magic is coming yeah, from, you know, and then give you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. eye or Wizzeri, I probably wouldn't have tried to come up with a new creature at that point, but that was a funny idea when Frey mentioned that, like maybe it's a little head on. I was like, oh, I could do something like that, but. I was imagining the, 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 uh, that thing scene where the head sprouts. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that I was, unpre- I was unprepared for um, her to decapitate, which was a good point after you see a body regenerate. Right. Um, on what would happen. Most likely the head just sits there. Maybe it's got the blue eyes, but it's just staring forward, and the, the, the body is still operating the same as a as a Goliath. So Interesting. But anyway, so they have that ability where they basically can't die. They regenerate as long as the fire's up. And I gave them essentially the ice knife spell. Um, oh, okay. In place of their javelin which very much made them stronger, but I also didn't use it like crazy, right? Like, when they were in melee, they just used their axe. Yeah. But that's a pretty cool fucking ability. Especially, well, with this map being smaller than than it was originally uh, Mm -hmm. mapped, so we were all kind of compressed, yeah. Yeah, so basically they had the Ice Knives, which is a first-level spell that they used in place of their ranged attacks. They could essentially cast two first-level spells a turn if they did their javelin. Nice, yeah. Or they could just switch their axe, and then I thought... And I was kind of grappled with, okay, what do I want to have this be the reward for unlocking Frey's axe? Fuck it, I'll just give her that same ability because <laughs> it's, yeah. and it also fills a nice hole because um, I don't think she has very much in the way of ranged attacks. Right. Yes. So I think that's a neat way of, uh, and I, I just remember, uh, and maybe, you know, you always as a DM when you give somebody a cool item, your goal is to that player really loves that item and uses it all the time, like Raymond with yeah. that fuck with those fucking Pokeball things. <laughs> So I'm hoping, and yeah. I remember um, Rochelle used that axe, you you that unique axe from yes, Warcraft right. Plane, yeah. where you could like throw it through people and stuff. Yeah. So I was picturing that of like, hopefully she you know can throw that ice right. axe around and yeah, you want to give them a tool that is that, un- that unlocks the other- different abilities yeah. they can do. Yeah, and I was like, this should fill a slot because she doesn't have a good ranged attack option, and we just saw it used pretty effectively here, where it is a fun little AOE thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Now, I had to adjust things quite a bit because there are four Goliaths here. And two dragons? And two dragons. Wow. Um, initially, there are four Startle and Berserkers and the two Dragon Wormlings. 
are Shardland Berserkers weaker than Goliaths? They're actually they... stronger. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I actually tweaked it a little bit. Um, yeah, I think the Berserkers are a bit stronger. Um, my plan... What, the adventure is a weird thing of this where like there's so many enemies that appear like once you're done with the dungeon you leave like an enemy's approach and this is the same one oh, where yeah. my plan was like okay you're, there's two here and then two out hunting you're going to um make it inside you can fight the two in here and then at some point when you're investigating the dungeon the other two will come in and there'll be another fight well Obviously, that this fight lasted forever, and then it was like right. I think after right around midnight, I think when it ended, and I was like, okay, I gotta fucking montage these last two guys. Yeah, we're not, we're not yeah, fighting these last yeah. two guys. Right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the idea was if you had stopped the Frostbane's fire, and depending on where the party was, they could even come up and sneak up on you if they saw the bodies and you weren't there. Though that wasn't the case here, but um, they would no longer have their ice spear ability, or obviously their regenerate, so they wouldn't be nearly as difficult. Yeah. But I'm at this point. It was way too late to start that fight. So I literally just montaged the fucking werebear just having killed them outside, taking them down and come in like... And it was a cool way of showing off how powerful she is, but... Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, yeah, that was totally the right call. That was the whole point of... I, I literally, that was yeah. not meant to happen at all, but literally I was like, oh, we have wow, no okay. time to fight more Goliaths. And I'm yeah. glad I didn't have more of them in the dungeon because that seemed like it was pretty well-tuned as it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all like at like 20% at yeah. the end of that fight. Like, everybody, everybody was hurt. yeah. In large part to those exploding ice javelins. So, yeah. To the custom, yeah, which that's a tricky thing about, you know, it's something I don't do a lot is use custom monsters. Um, but I like, what I have been doing more in this campaign is using existing monsters and then modifying and adding stuff to them. Yeah, yeah, just giving them, like, extra abilities. Or yeah, that and that makes it really powerful. exciting because you can, it prevents a lot of that metagaming knowledge, too. Right. Uh, that players can, even if they don't mean to do that, yeah, you know, they it's, just know yeah. zombie slam and yeah, right. slash and, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, it just, yeah, and it makes sense, too. Like, it's just, it's just like, if they're the base, the base uh, creature card, the creature block for that creature, well, what if they have another item that, that gives them yeah. another power, or they are powered up by a, a frost goddess? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun to be able to do that and actually get those attacks off, like... I think a couple times. Maybe, well, I don't know. Did I, I think I got it maybe one attack from the initial one. Did it, you know, you got to do it twice. And I think the other one did it maybe just twice on Frey. But yeah. still. Um, I'm glad I didn't have more Goliaths in there. Because I think that would have been real bad. They have I wrote, they have an average. What is their average? Uh, let's see. They have an average of 67 hit points. And I rolled really good on their hit points. Oh, yeah. So one of them, well, one of them had 65. The other one had 82, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, wow. I dumped it. Yeah, 82. That's, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's a lot of hit points. So they were pretty strong and stuck they're, around. They're, they're pretty low AC, but they were just very tanky, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick... I did consider that she did not ask. Uh, nobody asked what her what the what the gift was that she referred to. Um, gift when when she referred to a gift. Um, when she talked about the Goliaths, about how Goliaths seek her out to gain her gift, but sometimes they refuse. Oh. Um, or she refuses them, or they're not worthy, or something along those lines. Okay. Um, that may be something that 
uh, she could try and unlock if they continue to help her and help the glass. <laughs> That's what I will tease. Interesting. Alright. Yeah. Um, but that is, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, come back in when you're a little stronger and you, <laughs> you've upped your faction reputation a bit. Um, there, there's a lot more, I will say there's a lot more involving the Goliaths in this campaign, and I thought this would be a, an interesting kind of start to that. Uh, and I'm, yeah. and I'm kind of choosing Frey, because we didn't end up with a Goliath PC, which is unfortunate, because I think that was the one missing thing that would have been fun. But because Frey got that axe, I'm kind of using that as her whole thing. And I think yeah, that's a kind of a cool true. thing where she can, like, prove herself with the Goliath. Yeah. I'll wear a stoat bear. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so this was technically a entire Chapter 2 quest of a dungeon that I basically modified quite a bit, but still used the map. Um, the White Dragon Wormlings are, ex- are the exact same. And... Yeah, I used uh, Goliaths instead of yeah. uh, Berserkers. Yeah. It effectively, it effectively worked as a one-shot, just a, yeah. a, a one-shot dungeon, you know, as a... I mean, I was, I was, yeah, I was doing it similarly to the time you guys did that Null Cave, essentially, where it's like, hey, there's yes, a... Yes, right. Instead of just having this random encounter in the wilderness, why not use some of these maps that I'm normally probably not going to use this as, like, it's, its own quest... Moment. Yeah, you know, but I can use it as a a, a much cooler encounter rather than just having right. like some, you know, I'm not I don't show my own one, but the toads, you know, pop out of the ice and attack. Like that's fine, but um, having an actual like, you know, oh, there's a bear fishing, and then she tells you to go clear out this cave full of uh, cultists, basically. Yeah, the cultists are giant warriors. <laughs> that's right. Was there anything in the poop shoot? No, like because of the the maybe because of the, the 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 compressed size of the map, but also because of us triggering everything at once. I feel like we didn't really fully utilize the map as much as we wanted to. Cause we're all kind of just chunked into that one central yeah. room. Um, you, which I think it's visible on this map. If you guys had explored around this outer area a bit, or said, "Hey, can I check for?" you know, any other entrances or just check around this cliff face or anything. Without even a check, you can find the opening, the other opening of this chute at the bottom of the ravine. And oh, if somebody wanted God. to, they can crawl up there. It's, it's a ah. very nasty chute, but you can do that. Right, yeah. And then you end up in that dragon room. So you're actually probably in pretty bad shape because one person crawled up there and comes face to face with a dragon who can easily fire that cold breath down there. So it's right. almost yeah. a trap of a secret entrance, which I find funny. <laughs> Um, but that's the way that the other dragon came around the other side. So you would technically have met both dragons in there rather than having that one come around and do that pincer attack as one of them went down that chute to then come around behind you guys. I assumed we had just missed it from a perception Mm. perspective outside. Like it was just like watching us outside, but we just didn't see it. But that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And there's both like chill in there in their lair and can come out and see you pretty easily and just creep up around you. Or that really, basically, once you start entering this area without, you know, being overly stealthy or anything, they'll immediately start yeah. enacting that plan of sneaking up on you guys. Yep. Which I don't see this party ever being terribly stealthy. None of us are very good yeah. at it. Just charge and forward. It's not really in any of our natures, I don't think. <laughs> which can be very fun for me. Yep. 
But yeah, this this uh, quest to, or this map, I guess, is called Cave of the Berserkers because it was supposed to be short on Berserkers in here. So yeah, okay. I'm not sure if I'll call this session Cave of the Berserkers because that's technically right. what <laughs> for people that have read the Icewind Dale book, that's what it is. But in terms of what you guys did, it might make more sense to call it something else. But yeah. In any case, this was the like encounter to soften you guys up for, which I think it did probably more than I expected. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. I used uh, almost all but one of my hit dice to get back up to uh, wow. almost full health. It's. And I think everybody else used a, a large number of hit dice too. Yeah. Coming out of that fight, it was it was painful. You guys are strong though. I mean, you took out those dragons super quick. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna ask. Um. Are you going to level up the health potions at some point? Because I remember we were talking about did. earlier on that when we hit tier, tier two. Oh, so I actually, I forgot to mention that, but I actually did. Um, oh, you're ahead of me. Yeah, I thought about that as well. I, what I'm doing, at least initially, is I'm doing a gradual thing. Um, let's see. So, it used to be the potion of healing was, the whole thing is out of 20. You're basically rolling a d20, oh. and it used to be Potion of Healing was 10 of those entries was Potion of Healing. Now, what I did is it made it so 8 of them are Potion of Healing, and 2 of them are Potion of Greater Healing. Oh. So I upgraded some of those. And then same thing yeah. for the Spell Scrolls. I There was a, a 3 of the 20 was a Spell Scroll, and now it's 2 of them are 1st level, and 1's a 2nd level. Okay. So I'm going to kind of play around with that, and as you guys pretty much level up, I'll start gradually shifting that stuff into higher level gear, but that is a good point. Yeah. So I, I basically started doing that with uh, tonight's session. Nice. All so right. you have the possibility of rolling greater healing potions and second level spell scrolls. It's just more rare than the other ones. Gotcha. That, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just noticing in this fight particularly. Yeah. Like, oh, those low level health potions aren't really doing it anymore. Yeah. Five HP isn't really going to help against uh, That's very true. Goliath Axe. <laughs> that's very true starting to reach that's, those levels that's right yeah yeah and, and if it turns out to be not enough I can always tweak that a little bit more but I, I was playing it conservatively and just like you know moved a few yeah, so it becomes a more true. special thing yeah move up yeah that makes sense yep anything else for this session it was kind of an in-betweener yeah pretty cool fight I, I liked how it went yeah, we didn't have a big fight in the last session at all, so it right. nice to get back to a big combat one. Yeah. Then going to a major area. Get back uh, to those Dwerger. Next time, yeah. That's a... Uh, without spoiling anything, that's, that's a big area. <laughs> so it'll be one to tackle for a while uh, in two weeks. Indeed. In December. In December. All right, that will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to all the wonderful fans for watching. Have a very happy holidays for those of you doing Thanksgiving stuff or just enjoy your week if you're not. <laughs> and uh, we will see you all in two weeks. Indeed.